It should come as no surprise that our little theater here is nestled in a fair hamlet that prides itself on its patriotism. This time of year, Main Street is lined with red, white, and blue bunting and flags. Every year, there's an apple pie contest. Why, there's even a story that a former president once slept here. In the coming month, our nation faces an important event, Election Day. If you have a difference of opinion on the direction our country is headed, it's important you participate. It's not just about who signs the paychecks for high officials. It's about affecting change for the generation to come. Please vote on Election Day. Welcome to the beautiful historical marionette theater. You're just in time for our Halloween show. It's going to be a spooky good time. Grab your seats. The show is about to begin. Max and Danny are two kids who've just moved to the spookiest town in the Commonwealth. At school, they learned the local legend of three sisters who were witches. Trying to impress a girl he met at a party, the teenage boy ends up triggering the return of the damned. Will they find their parents in time to get help? Will the witches figure out how to break the curse that will snuff them out again? Will little Danny score her favorite candies? Grab some salt, a broom, and your walking shoes. It's time for Hocus Pocus with Bette Midler. What do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies? And a smidgen of screaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Tommy. Good evening, Toppy. It is a fine fall evening. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm good, thank you. And uh, it is brisk outside. Um, We've had some lovely sunny days, and the leaves have really been looking great. So it's really been a spectacular fall season. How are you doing? I am quite well, and I would quite agree. It's very picturesque here in western New York. The beautiful fall colors have come out on the leaves, and uh, we've had some ups and downs with the temperatures. I think we're settling back into normal fall weather now. I had to turn my heat back on. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have a special guest tonight. Oh, I will have to get the maintenance guy on that. Please put your hands together for the mysterious and fabulous magic, magical Jamanda Martini. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Toppy. Hi, DJ. Hello. Happy to be back. So welcome. So wonderful to have you back. Welcome back to the marionette, Amanda. I, I hope that we got all those green M&Ms out uh, for you this time. Yes, but next time, Skittles. Skittles are better. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Taste the rainbow. Yo, most yeah. definitely. Most definitely. And DJ, why don't you tell the folks um, 
so that they can tune in and see Demanda how how to find this on YouTube because it's certainly YouTube is going sim- simultaneously, right? It, it sure is. The easiest way to get there is to go to our page at matinee m a t i n e e minutia m i n u t i a e dot com. And you'll see the YouTube logo right there on our page towards the top. Just click on that and you'll get right to our channel. Yeah, and if you can, keep the keep the chat room open so you can use that too. Is that even possible for people with a phone? You can't really do that with a phone, can you? I mean, you can. It's just more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you, you can. However, if you're really smart, what you can do is stream. If you have uh, connected devices in your home, like I do, <gasps> you can stream YouTube to your television. And then once it's streamed on your television, you can open up other apps on your phone. That's fabulous. It's a little bit yeah. like fishing. We call it casting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Toppy, we have a uh, special occasion here. We're talking about a a film of the season with a lady of the season, uh, the hour. And uh, maybe we should tell our folks uh, a little about what that film is. Shall I go ahead and play the trailer for us? Mm -hmm. Jump back. Twist the bones and bend the back. Back in 1693, the people of Salem, Massachusetts... Witches! ...thought they got rid of the Sanderson sisters for good. Uh, We shall be back! 300 years later, it's Halloween Eve, and they're back. Uh Uh-oh. We are home! Are you boys a little old to be (laughs) trick-or-treating? Three ancient hags versus the 20th century. How bad can it be? Now they're digging up old friends. And running amok. Looking for the one thing they miss most. Who stay for supper? I'm not hungry. Mm, But we are. Only one boy has the power to stop them. Prepare to die again. You have no power to hear you. Before all Salem falls under their spell. Walt Disney Pictures presents Bette Midler. Hello. Sarah Jessica Parker. Would thou dance with me? And Kathy Najimi. Hocus Pocus. Into the night! They love to fly. And it shows. Good night. Sleep tight. No screaming. So tonight we are talking about the early 90s uh, comedy fantasy Hocus Pocus. And uh, as our guest of the hour told you, it uh, starred Bette Midler and Kathy Najimy. And Sarah Jessica Parker. They all got top billing. They sure did. (laughs) Yes, they do. And before we go any further especially for those on YouTube who are watching. Amanda, um, explain your look tonight. Oh, sure. So um, I am currently wearing um, from the 
most famously from the New Mutants, these days the X-Men. In fact, she is playing a key part in the current story arc uh, called The Ten of Swords in the X-Men series. Um, Ilyana Rasputin, magic! She is a demon mutant sorceress. Ooh. I also, I also thought, you know, it would be fun to be a witch tonight. Excellent. And uh, that's a fabulous character. Yes. Um, that uh, I remember from long ago when Chris Claremont was writing her. Yes, and, yes uh, that's she, right. Yeah, she started out in the New Mutants. And uh, so interesting the way her character um, grew and uh, became um, just more fleshed out and well-rounded. So, so just uh, again, since we're here and we're talking about it, um, so her first appearance was actually the same as Colossus uh, in Giant Size X-Men number one back in 1975. That's I believe. right. Um, because she was, she almost got hit by a tractor, but Colossus, you know, turned all metal and smashed the tractor. Um, mm-hmm. And then later she comes to visit um, Colossus at Xavier's school and then is kidnapped by the evil demon sorcerer Belasco to his um, dimension of limbo because her mutant powers of teleportation actually are connected to the other dimension of limbo and um, spent years there uh, for minutes for um, for us here on Earth because magic, timey-wimey, you know, things. And uh, she came back as a teenager and joined the team, the New Mutants. And um, actually the issue that made me, like it to this day still makes me cry is Uncanny X-Men 303, which is when the original Ilyana Rasputin dies of the legacy virus, which was the sort of AIDS analog of the mutants um, in the early 90s. Um, she was later resurrected by Belasco using, again, timey-wimey, alternate realities, blah, 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 but brings her back uh, without her soul. So then she tries to reclaim her soul, and then she becomes a member of the X-Men again. Fabulous. Fabulous wow. recap. Ladies and gentlemen, when you can out-nerd the hosts of Matinee Minutia, <laughs> you have a place of honor in our theater. <laughs> well, I mean, as you guys, you, I mean, you guys uh, have been, been to some of the panels that I've been on uh especially at far point convention um like that movie one that that was that was a that was a fun one we were talking about movies that were terrible but we still love Amanda, why don't we set the stage for the movie and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what was going on in the world 1963 sure oh, did sorry, i, I mean, 90. Nine, yeah, 1993. So, um, U.S. history in 1993. So, Bill Clinton was sworn in as the 42nd U.S. president. Wow, that seems like such a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, famed tennis pro Arthur Ashe died from AIDS-related complications. The World Trade Center is bombed in a van parked below the North Tower. Uh, six people died. 1,000 were injured. Um, And another um, tragedy uh, in Waco, Texas, uh, a, is it 61? Sorry, there's a little mark right here in the thing. Is it 61 or 51? 51. 51. Uh, A standoff occurs in relation to the Branch uh, Davidian Davidian Mm -hmm. cult. Um, Rodney King testified against uh, police violence. Again, I can't, I can't believe that that's still 
like it's so weird to think about all of those things happening at the same time. Um, Intel ships from the first Pentium PC processor chips. Oh, oh excuse me, Intel ships its first uh, Pentium PC processor chips. Microsoft releases Windows NT 3.11, uh, the first network operating system. Uh, which again, it's so weird because I mean here. So that was the 3.11. What do I have here? I have the in my computer, the Intel Core 17. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. crazy. Uh, an executive order is signed requiring the U.S. Air Force to allow women to fly warplanes. Um, which just that would just happen in 1993. Um, and NASA loses contact with the Mars Observer probe. Whoops. Which I mean, listen, aliens. I'm not going to say that it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> the truth is out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, listen, in this in this 2020 time, this timeline that we're currently in, where it's like, the, how many stories about aliens were like buried because of all of the other nonsense and ridiculousness that has happened over the last nine months? Like, yeah. just can't even believe it. Can't even believe it. So um, just speaking of... Uh computers uh and 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 go and and watching a movie that that's that features really old tech i just watched uh war games a couple nights ago. oh my gosh it's been it's definitely been yeah i mean i don't remember what year it was but uh, that's the one with matthew broderick um mm-hmm. and talk about just just going like, wow, yeah, it really was like that. Um, uh, Cause they, they had to plug in their phones and it, it seemed so, so uh, technologically uh, advanced when we saw it. And- I mean, just recently my um, roommate and I just watched my best friend's wedding and her cell phone is literally the size of like a small child. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's crazy. Like, and you know, Toppy. Speaking of uh, war games, there, Mr. Matthew Broderick happens to be married to a member of the cast from tonight's film. Oh, wait, wait, and bring it back to our film. <laughs> yes, indeed, Sarah Jessica Parker. Are they still married? Yes, they are. I, well, good for them. I, 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 um, yeah, and and I believe they have one or two kids via surrogate. All right. Mm, well, I just, well, show, I just hope for their sake that he's not singing anyone to sleep. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh. or honestly, driving anymore. <laughs> oh, oh, way to bring oh, it back God. there. <laughs> All right, oh. celebrity births from 1993. Ariana Grande. <gasps> oh my God, I can't even. Like she was born in '93. I guess so. Uh, Lucas Crookshank. Uh, he's a YouTuber, an actor. I uh, don't know how to pronounce this, uh, DJ. How how do you pronounce that? Niall Horan. Niall Horan. What a pretty name. Irish singer. Oh, um, he's he's um he's the one of the ones from New Direction, right? That's right. I think so. And if I'm not that's mistaken, right. yeah. I think he won. He was one of the folks that won a contest and got to be on Glee. Uh-huh. No, that's no? not the same person. Oh, okay. Still Irish, but you know, I can say that because yeah, I'm yeah, part yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that kid was Irish, but that's not the same person. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last birth of uh, 93, Megan Trainer, another singer and pop oh star. Gosh. Isn't she all yeah. about that bass? 
Yes, yeah. yes, she was all about that base. Um, DJ, why don't you tell us what was in competition with Hocus Pocus when it was coming out? What were the other movies? All righty. So in 1993, when President Clinton came into office, Hocus Pocus was released. You would think it would be in the fall because it was a Halloween story. But when do you think it was released? No, no. It was released in the summer. Hmm. <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, can we talk about it now or can we talk about it later? But, like, they buried this movie. Yeah. Like, they, they, they buried it instead of allowing it to do what it was supposed to do, which is obviously a fall release. They decided to release it in the summer, and it got completely buried, did not do well in the box office, did not do well critically. Um, people honestly did not like it. It wasn't until um, home home video and starting to play um, in syndication on television at Halloween time that people really started liking it. I yeah. wondered. So the studio really didn't have a lot of faith in it, and it, it just wanted to... No, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where it was just like, yeah, we'll just go ahead and do it. So, I mean... Again, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> That's quite all right. Um, but yeah, so it was originally intended to be a Disney Channel original film. Oh. Uh, actually starring Cloris Leachman. Oh. Um, and um, it was actually written, the original script was written back in 1984. Um, I did my research today too, you guys. Um, it was actually, and no, excuse me, it was written a, a, a long time ago and Disney purchased it in 1984 um and so it was actually originally much scarier and all of them the three main characters they were actually they were children so they were all supposed to be danny's age so then as it progressed into the 90s um they decided to make the two characters teenagers and then um it, it it was kind of like dead like no one kind of cared about it until Bette Midler decided that she wanted to be a part of it and so that's when it got bumped from a Disney original uh, Disney TV original movie to um, an actual theatrical release but again they really didn't have a whole lot of faith in it I guess and still buried it in the summer especially after like Jurassic Park was going on so it's like who are you going to compete with? <laughs> I don't know about you, but just the idea that Cloris Leachin was going to be in this movie was scary to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so also, originally, um, they also, previous to um, Disney, they also pitched it to Steven Spielberg at Amblin. Hmm. Um, and he, because he was, you know, competition, so they were like, hey, Amblin, do you maybe want this movie? And that's when Disney was like, no, 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 that's still ours. We, we, we've had this for a while. We're just going to keep that. <laughs> so um, it's interesting because it really does have kind of a, a Spielberg f- feel to it. Mm-hmm. I think Hocus Pocus does. It, a little bit, yeah. So it came out in the summer. It was in July. It ca- it uh, only brought in $39.5 million. Now, of course, we love the underdog here, so it's no surprise that it was in the lower tier, mostly because they buried it. But number one, as our leading lady there, Demanda, mentioned, was Jurassic Park that year, bringing in 
338 million in wow. If you're not familiar, it had Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> if you're not familiar. Right. Eight, and, eight movies later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, also in that top tier there, way, way above Hocus Pocus, sadly. Uh, number two that year was a film with Harrison Ford, The Fugitive. And that, it was the one-armed man! Yes! <laughs> uh, brought in $176 million. And number three was a film with Tom Cruise called The Firm. And he was a lawyer. Now, uh, to put things into perspective, even though we love the underdog, we kind of like to know what was better, maybe what was worse, if there is a worse, and one better than Hocus Pocus on that ladder of the box office was a a, a children's t- film called Homeward Bound. And, um, well, w- it was a story about a dog and a cat, and it was the cat and dog were voiced by Michael J. Fox and Sally Fields, if you can imagine. And then... So I, I, I can't remember who the older dog was. Um, cause my, Michael J. Fox was the young dog mm-hmm. and then Sally Field was the cat. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm sorry. Did you say you, you did? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of his name, but he was in cocoon. Uh, Don, Don Amici. Don, was that his name? No. Don are Amici. you thinking of Wilford Brimley? No, I don't oh. think he did the voice. Don Amici, I think did the voice hmm. of the old. Hmm. Um, but I, I remember seeing that in the movie theater because my, Brothers all wanted to see another movie that that day. Um, uh, what 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 was the a fire in the sky? The alien abduction movie. Yeah, oh, yes. it, and it was too scary for me. So my mom literally took me out of the theater, and we walked across to Homeward Bound. <laughs> and I remember watching Homeward Bound that day. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, all, all, all of these. So uh, we are big. I mean, I don't know if you guys can tell. But obviously, huge movie fan. Uh, we did that a lot as kids. Um, me, me and my brothers and my parents, we went to see a lot of movies in the movie theater. Um, I remember seeing Hocus Pocus in the movie theaters as well. Jurassic Park, my mom fell asleep. She's still to this day. It's like, oh, Jurassic Park is so boring. Um, she, she, she didn't even make it to the dinosaurs. Like, she didn't even make it. She was like the... Uh, in the chat room uh, Janet confirms it was done in Michi and also uh, as long as we mentioned in the chat room we have tonight uh, with us is Aunt Tudor um, and we have uh, Billy was yeah Billy's here your husband and we have Janet and we have RT Cruiser and Tommy Ash Browns welcome everybody thanks for being here Alrighty, and so rounding out the box office in 93, the film that did one less than Hocus Pocus was a little thing with Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne called What's Love Got to Do With It? And it was uh, the story of Tina Turner. Uh It brought in $39 so not quite as much as Hocus Pocus, but again, it didn't have Bette Midler. (laughs) But but she was nominated for an Oscar for that, was she not? There was Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, I, I, one of the two were, I, I do believe you're correct. Because, and, and also, because I rem- I kind of remember, because we watched the Oscars a lot growing up, too. I think she still performed, even though there wasn't an original song hmm. um, nominated, because obviously they just sang Tina Turner songs. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, so we. Um, oh, by the way, um, I'm sorry to just um, go ahead. Back backtrack just a second. Mm-hmm. Just just to mention that Homeward Bound movie that w- was actually a remake of uh, a, a, of a of a Disney film. There was a, the original Homeward Bound. Uh, which is 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 stands up on its own. Um, it's it's uh, it's very much like the remake, but but different. <laughs> hmm. So uh, before we continue on here, and uh, shortly we'll be about halfway through our show. Show. I um I hope that our senior showgirls in the house, although she tends to be a little shy when we have another lady around. Uh, Gertie, are you in the house? Well. Yeah, I am. Hi, hi, everybody. Hi, Amanda. Hi. So, uh, sorry. Hi, hi. Sorry, I was on mute for a second. Hi. <laughs> no, I thought you were dumbstruck by my beauty. <laughs> Gertie, uh, Gertie, will be um, calling upon you shortly here because we're going to take a break in a moment. But uh, I passed around a link in the chat room, and uh, I asked our. Uh, uh, my co-host and our guest here to take a look at this little quiz that we have. Just a little fun thing to do. And, uh, of course, this was probably more popular in the earlier days of the Internet. But the quiz is, which Sanderson sister are you? So um, if you want to participate in the chat room, feel free to scroll up to the beginning of the show. I have that link in there. But uh, some of us did our homework in advance. So um, are any of us ready to reveal our big secrets? I mean, I don't need to take the quiz. I already know who I am. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, no I, I, um, I have it on good authority that uh, Toppy's ride was a little slow getting here tonight, so he may not have gotten the note in advance. But <laughs> No, I didn't, but um, I, I, I can just... Uh, uh, I'll go last, but I can mm-hmm. tell you which one I am. Okay. <laughs> so, of course, I will... Well, I'll give you the choice, Demand. Amanda, would you like to be first? I, I'm so since I was but a wee babe, I have always loved Winifred uh, Sanderson. Um, I am definitely a Winnie. I am the one who's the loudest. I'm the one who takes charge. I'm the one who does not remain calm. <laughs> um, so I, I, I just know that I am. I am a Winnie. Like that. That's that's just it. Perfect. Well, uh, DJ, what are you? All right. Well, when I took the test, because you know it, it was it was kind of like one of those uh, advice things you would read in the, one of those older stereotypical women's magazines. So you know, dating tips, sort of thing. And it, it uh, wanted to to answer certain things about your personality. Anyways, it revealed to me, and uh, maybe this is my life story. I'm not quite sure, but it said that I'm Sarah. All right. So, um, not surprised. <laughs> I, I, it, it basically told me that my uh, my abilities are underestimated. <laughs> there you go. And I am the youngest child in my family, so you know that explains a lot. Well, this is perfect. Uh, if we were all in the movie, we'd each have a part because I identified with uh, Kathy's character. Ah, with Mary. Mary. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, maybe that says something about your day job because she did ride a Hoover. 
<laughs> I didn't even think of that. Uh, uh, by the way, in the chat, chat room, Janet reminds us that the original Homeward Bound was uh, called The Incredible Journey. Hmm. That's that's the original version. Oh, and, and Janet also said that she's Binks. And Tommy Hashbrown says, yes, I'm Elphaba. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little, a little bit of a cheat, but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny story about Wicked, though, while, since, since Tommy brought it up. So many years ago, and by many, just a few years ago, um, my best friend and I were sitting in a bar. You know, as theater people typically do, and we were talking about, you know, if we were in shows, who would we be? And he was, and, and I was like, I don't know. Sometimes I, like, identify with Alphaba. Sometimes I identify with Glinda. And he was like, no, 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 you're, you're Glinda. And I was like, what do you mean I can't be Alphaba? He's like, no, they have to lift her. <laughs> Can you believe? How rude! How rude! Really? Oh, Janet in the chat room says that she's she's Binks because she keeps getting run over by a car. Oh my uh, god! You know, I knew a Binks in real life. Isn't that an interesting name? But I knew someone whose name was Binks. Hmm. That is interesting. Quite a bit rarer than Zach Zachary. Okay, well, we are about the middle of our show, and we're going to sneak over here to the snack bar, because Gertie is whipping up some treats. You got those candy apples ready, ma'am? Yeah, Uh, uh, they'll pull your pull your fillings right out. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to regale you with a, uh, well, a little bit longer than usual intermission here. I've got about a four minute uh, interlude, and this is from a week's worth of appearances on the Today Show back in the year of the film's release. And uh, don't get too excited. Uh, they only let them have a few minutes each. So this, these are the ladies from Hocus Pocus on the Today Show. And Sarah Jessica Parker, good morning. Welcome back to today. Nice Thank to see you. you. Very nice. Friday. Tell me a little bit about this movie. How much fun was it to play a witch <laughs> with Bette Midler and Kathy Najimy? It was. Um, it was great fun. I mean, there were obviously. The elements were there, so it was sort of up to us to, you know, the thing that was most that was most fun and, and most sort of creatively satisfying was that there was very little about our characters beyond descriptions of what they do in the context of the script. So we really got to, and me especially for the first time, I had a chance to really create a character, which meant like a voice and and finding physical stuff and and um, you know learning to fly. And we all had our own separate and individual ways of flying, and our takeoffs were very different and unique. And it was great. And what and kind of witch did you want to create? What kind of uh, witch is Sarah Sanderson? Well, my theory is that she is the most fundamentally evil of all of them because she is so not bright, <laughs> so not calculating that it is her innate nature to be evil. And the, and my older sisters, it's a it's a learned thing. It's like you know, learning to like liver. You know, they have like learned this evil, and I have just picked it up. It's you know as part of my environment. And so I wanted her to be truly evil in a, in, in the most uncalculating way, and still somehow be seductive. This morning, Kathy and Jimmy is in our Burbank studio. Hi, Kathy. How you doing? Good. How are you? Fine, thanks. Listen, does it take any special skill to ride a Hoover? <laughs> I don't you know, know if you should answer that. <laughs> the funny thing is, that's the first time I've touched a vacuum in years. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you had some concerns, in, in all seriousness, about taking on.
on this role because you didn't want to offend or stereotype real witches. Is that right? I didn't. I mean, uh, you know, at the uh, risk of having America roll their eyes, I, I just feel supportive of all groups, you know, whether they're women's groups or gay groups or, or uh, racial groups. And I know that there are groups of witches out there. I mean, I'm not a witch. I don't know any personally. But when I read the script, I thought this is really perpetuating a stereotype about an evil, ugly witch. And I know that there are groups of really strong women who sort of bond together with and are very spiritual and powerful. And I didn't want to be part of, you know, perpetuating that myth. So um, I talked to a lot of people about it. I talked to Kenny Ortega, the director, and he was great. I wrote letters to the producers just letting them know how I felt. And I talked to Gloria Steinem about it. You did? And, um, yeah. And she said, you know, because she's the goddess of the world and knows everything. And uh, she said that the interesting thing was that originally some of the women who were said to be witches were healthcare workers and midwives. So that's where the notion of baby eating came because they would perform abortions sometimes. And so the women would go in pregnant and come in not, uh, come out not. And so, you know, thus the gossip about baby eating, which is, of course, untrue. These were just like healthcare workers. Balance and wry sense of humor. And she was the perfect choice to star in the new movie, Hocus Pocus. Recently, I talked with Bette about her latest role as a wicked witch named Winnie. Hello. Goodbye. She's very, very funny, and I could play her. I'd be happy playing her for the rest of my life. She gets to do everything, you know. What kind of witch is she? Well, she's completely demented. She's, um, <laughs> she's, she can be quite evil, but most of the time she's very funny. Of course, she doesn't know how funny she is, but um, she can be quite wicked. I was going to say, she is one nasty witch. She's very nasty, nasty, but she's so funny. Was that a stretch? <laughs> well, some people say it wasn't. <laughs> However, I... I think I'm a very kind person. I just, um, and Kenny Ortega was the director on that. And Kenny Ortega is a dancer. He started out as a dancer. So uh, when he put the three of us together, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Jamie and myself, when he put the three of us together, he wanted us to be able to act like a trio. And it was the first time that I'd ever been a, a real part of a trio, you know, an acting trio. And I just thought it was so much fun. We are back. So, so yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, there are no scenes with just one witch. Whenever the witches are seen, they're always together. Well, th I mean, that goes into the whole power of three um, that most witches, um, it's sort of like built in. There's always there's always three witches. Yeah. Um, although in... Um, and the craft, which came out a few years later, they went into, you know, the four corners, which is a whole other thing. But, you know, but I mean, three is three is sort of, you know, the magic number. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you guys think about how well they did as far as either not or or doing a good job in not uh, stereotyping um, what a witch is? Do you think they succeeded? I don't, I'm not sure they succeeded. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, thinking back, 1993 was a really big in the whole, um, you know, political correctness, which, you know, a lot of people these days are very upset about being politically correct. Um, but, I mean, back then, there wasn't political correctness. So it's like, I mean, the fact that in 1993, Kathy and Jimmy was like, oh, no, it's not just about different races and genders and, and um, you know, the LGBTQ spectrum, but also 
oh, there's also this group of people who are actually practicing witches. I mean, I have a, um, a very dear friend who grew up as a pagan. Um, and, you know, it's it's totally it's their family religion. It's 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 kind of, you know, what they do. So, um, I mean, just the fact that she even thought about that is kind of lovely. But I mean, the movie is a Disney camp nonsense thing like girl. Th- th- thank you for saying that, but sure, Jan. <laughs> there you go. Um, um, I, I, one, one thing um, that I, I thought they did achieve really well is being a trio. And uh, I watched it for the second time and just sort of, I, I started looking at the characters who were not speaking to see what they were doing when the other actor was active and uh, they they all had their little bits they did they did not just st- stand there when they did, weren't doing lines they were all in character and uh, doing their little shtick uh uh even though they weren't the center of the action so uh, that was that was interesting i thought they were uh, an awesome trio and i asked dj I, uh, uh, a week or so back, I said, DJ, please tell me that these ladies had a good time making this movie <laughs> because I want to believe, I, I hope they weren't little shits to each other. So, so I B- want Bette, to believe they were really good friends. I mean, Bette Midler stated that it was the most fun that she had had on a movie up into that point in her career. Mm-hmm. That, that, um, that it, I think it shows. And, and the thing, and I think, I think that's what shows too. I mean, um, Sarah Jessica Parker and Bette Midler then worked later together on um, on uh, First Wives Club. And also, Bette Midler was originally supposed to be in um, Sister Act, so I wonder if she ever got to meet Kathy and Jimmy through that. I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Um, but, I mean, I, it's one of those things where you, you can see people having fun, um, again, as someone who's classically trained. Um, you know, you can, you can see that. You can tell when people actually have fun and actually like are having a good time. Um, Oh, what was, what was I just watching and thinking about the other day um, where it was a real life couple on screen. And it was like, no, you can, you can see their chemistry. Like it, it works. It makes sense that, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that this happened because when people are actually having fun, Oh, someone was talking about the screen movies and um, David Arquette and Courtney Cox and like, Regardless of where their relationship was, the whole up and down thing throughout filming the first four movies, their performances together were still so good because they just have that thing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. You know, I think the one thing that each of those actresses in Hocus Pocus succeeded in doing was not necessarily staying away from the stereotypes as it was each of them brought something different to their character and when you get to watch some of the bonus materials that are out there, you get to learn a little bit more of the backstory of the characters. But, um, you know, I, I think that they did a good job with the chemistry. And um, one of the things that was mentioned was that Bette Midler basically treated it as though they were a female version of the Three Stooges. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Uh, Jen, mm-hmm. uh, the chat room says, she's, she says, uh, I'm a proud pagan and I didn't find myself offended by this film because these people are really more cartoon characters type witches. So 
that's interesting. And it should be yeah, noted. They, very, they are very cartoony, yeah. And it should be noted that since we're discussing a, a film that's, you know, a, a celebrated piece of pop culture of Halloween, that Halloween itself is actually a... Uh, a um, holiday that pagan been, holiday yeah yeah it's been reclaimed by you know quote unquote American culture mm-hmm. so uh, we uh, are, yeah. we we are uh, at a point in the show where we're gonna talk about the uh, members of the cast the folks that are playing these characters we're talking about and you know as the uh, the lady of the hour uh, Demanda, if you'd like to go first and talk about the diva who was the uh, the wildest <laughs> hair in this film, that's for sure. So, so Bed Midler um, is one of is one of my favorites. Um, so, previous to this, she was just in For the Boys, which was, if I recall correctly, um, one of the first movies which was done by her. Um, what was it called? All Girls Productions, something like that. Now I can't remember the name of her production company because I didn't write it down. Um, but it, I love that movie. That movie to this day still makes me cry. Um, I actually sing the songs from that movie a lot. Um, I love, I just, I, lo- I love for the boys. Um, and then the next movie that she did after this was another famous trio, the first wives club, yes. which is another, oh, huge fan favorite. Um, I love that. So I love Bette Midler in first wives club because that character is my mother. Um, even, even though she's not Jewish, um, my mother isn't Jewish. Um, like that, that's my mom. Like even so, and again, my parents are not divorced or anything like that, but it's like, she loves that person, but also she wants to kill him. Like she (laughs) wants to strangle him. Um, but also, and like her fashion is my mom, like that cute white number that she wears in the end. My mom has that suit in purple. Like it's. Um, like that, that character is my mom. Uh, Bette Midler has always been a favorite. One of my favorite Bette Midler movies, which is, uh, I, I think we've talked about it on this show before when I've been here before is Outrageous Fortune. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, we did because Shelly, because we talked about Shelly Long when <laughs> yeah. we did, um, True Beverly uh, Hills. We'll call it? True Beverly Hills. Um, huge favorite of mine, which, uh, um, again, I think we talked about is one of, um, the first times that Bette Midler was really kind of like given, given like a thing to do. Um, Cause I think it was like just after the Rose maybe mm-hmm. somewhere, somewhere in the, you know, in those, uh, that early eighties stuff. Oh, but I, I love, I'm trying, I'm trying to think like off the top of my head. I mean, other things that I love Bette Midler in, which is a little less well-known is that old feeling. Have you guys ever seen that one? Her and Dennis Farina, oh. I believe. Um, uh, pretty much they're a divorced couple. Uh, they go they, who hate each other. They go to their daughter's wedding and they, it romance is reignited. And so they like run off. And so it's her, her daughter and this private uh, or this paparazzi guy end up like trying to track them down. And it's, mm-hmm. it's super cute, super fun, super stupid, you know, as mm-hmm. uh, you know, as, as one does. Um, but yeah, I love everything in Bette Midler. Uh, this movie in particular is obviously Super famous for drag queens. Every drag queen has an I put a spell on you number. I have it in a mix that I do for Zatanna, um, who's a, a DC Comics witch. Um, you know, it's it's a fan favorite, uh, especially amongst, uh, you know, little gay children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of the um, that one little musical number? In I mean, it's iconic. It's the thing they they perform it at Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the three Sanderson sisters come out and do it every year. Oh no, it's, kidding! Yeah, it's it's a thing. It's it's a staple of 
Halloween. I, I like the way. Uh, I, I didn't feel like it was um, intrusive. It seemed to mm-hmm. fit right in there because of where they were. Um, and so, uh, I thought it worked well. And it sort of kept on trend. And so I, got, I don't know if I guess it started, but like through, throughout the 90s, the movie musical itself was not super popular. But in uh, comedies, especially romantic comedies, having a random musical number was very popular. So like um, that... Um, if you think about uh, my best friend's wedding, which you know we we just saw the other day, and then towards the later '90s was when you had all those rom coms where it's just like ladies randomly lip syncing and dancing around the kitchen in their pajamas, making margaritas. <laughs> um, Practical Magic being one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, Stepmom was another one that had that in it. So it, it just sort of like kept on trend of the movie musical, not so much. And then throughout the '90s, it was like, oh, let's just put. And a musical number. And also, as Bette Midler mentioned, Kenny Ortega um, directed this movie, who was a huge choreographer. Um, he worked on the, excuse me, ooh, he worked on uh, the Chorus Line movie. I know we're going to talk about him in a minute. Um, but, uh, you know, he worked on Chorus Line, which is, um, you know, kind of connected to him then doing the High School Musical franchise. Um, he also did... Um, the new dance movie, which the name is, escapes me, it, we, um, it's on, that was released on, on Netflix, and uh, Ben and I were like, "Oh, like this seems like something that Kenny Ortega directed by Kenny Ortega." <laughs> um, duh. Um, so it, it makes sense that this. Well, and um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but um, you know, just sort of like passing the baton, Adam Shankman, who's another dancer turned director, um, is attached to the potential sequel that may or may not happen. Um, and so it just makes sense to have someone who has, still has that kind of musical eye to to direct this movie. Mm. You know, and I thought it was just a perfect irony, too, because this is, is sort of a uh, that song originally was sort of a, a uh, kind of a nightclub song, you know, like you would expect Sinatra to perform. And of course, you've got that cute little twist now that Bette Midler's singing as a witch. So the words have sort of a different meaning. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I, I, it was. It was the. Uh, I, I like that whole adult party because they're they are kind of concentrating on the kids out on the street and and being a very um, kid friendly. And then you you kind of zap suddenly you're in the at this adult party that has a different vibe to it. And, and it it then sort of helps the plot of well, what are all the parents doing? How come the oh, because she puts a spell on them and now they can't. Leave. And also the mom in the Madonna costume, also <laughs> iconic. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'd ever do a Madonna costume per se, but I would do the mom from Pocus Pocus as Madonna because okay. that's funny. Right. Well, all I, right. What well, I thought the parents were really weird in this movie. It's because they're they're afterthoughts. They have to be there because there's children, but they kind of are just like, how do we get the parents to not be here? Okay, there you go. <laughs> you know, and um, it, it, just speaking of uh, the mom dressed as Madonna, it was kind of a moment of irony there because here's the girl who's living in the 90s as a young girl. And even though her mom's dressed up as the Madonna that her mom grew up with, Madonna is dressing differently by the time that little girl comes around. So she doesn't recognize that as the way Madonna would look. But also that look that she's doing was only two years prior in 1994. 
Wow. <laughs> it's only two years prior. Um, but, but, but to kind of like circle back, it, it's also a common theme amongst horror movies in general is to where the parents. That's usually why it takes place at summer camp. Because parents aren't there. Um, Or even in Scream, like, the parents just aren't around because they're divorced or dead or, you know, have to go away on business or, you know, whatever. It's it's the theme of because parents are, uh, again, to get deep, parents are obviously the protectors of children. So you have to get away from them in order for the kids to then, you know, be in danger and save themselves. Excellent point. Uh, let's talk about Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, she started out and made some made-for-TV movies. Uh, she made um, uh, later on a, a big splash uh, in Honeymoon in Vegas in 92. Um, also in 93, besides Hocus Pocus, she was in a god-awful movie called Striking Distance <laughs> with Bruce Willis. It's horrible. But anyways, uh, it was kind of an action picture, as you might guess, uh, with Bruce Willis, who uh, I don't think there was an, um, well, anyways, uh, <laughs> very forgettable. Uh, and of course, uh, she's perhaps best well known for Sex in the City, the TV series on HBO uh, that was kind of groundbreaking in many, many ways. You know, and um, uh, more than a handful of years before she got onto Hocus Pocus, she was in a short-lived sitcom called Square Pegs, and, uh, you know, that's probably where she, you know, got her start there, and uh, these days you could probably find that on DVD sets in your finer discount stores. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so another fun fact about Sarah Jessica Parker is that she was in the original Broadway run of Annie, uh, eventually taking over for the role. I think she was the first replacement. Or, no, 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 excuse me. She was originally one of the orphans, and then she was July, and then she was Annie. Mm, and I, That's right. I heard I that uh, as a result of her role in Annie, she actually had the same voice coach as Bette Midler. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to her third Sanderson sister, and that is, of course, Kathy Najimy, who played Mary. Now, of course, uh, some of you might be wondering, what is up with her hair? Because it's just kind of twisted and windswept. And, well, it apparently was supposed to look like the stem of a pumpkin. So, um, but yes, uh, Kathy Najimy is one of my favorites from that time frame of the 90s. Because just the year or so before, she had her first big breakout in Sister Act with Whoopi Goldberg. And, of course, she was that uh, delightful nun that uh, was just more bubbly than the rest of them there. And, um, you know, that, that actually, Kathy Najimy was one of my favorite parts of that film. Because, you know, her famous line was, when I was growing up, my mother thought that I would either be a nun or a flight attendant. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, you know, proceeds to offer her uh, her fellow nurses or nurses, yeah, nuns uh, coffee. But uh, anyways, she was also in a series for a while with um, pop culture uh, B movie favorite Kirstie Alley. And uh, I love Veronica's Closet. <laughs> I have got to find where I could watch that over again because. Hmm. 
so get Kathy and Kathy and Jimmy. Um, so she first came to popularity with uh, Mo Gaffney. Uh, they right. had a stand-up act together for a long time, and I, I think um, a few years ago that it was playing on HBO. Quite hilarious. I would I would recommend. Yeah, the um, Kathy and Mo show. Yeah, yeah, and um, but my my favorite, which again, the movie now is slightly problematic. Um, but my favorite role of Kathy and Jimmy's is the costume, the costume lady in Soap Dish, because it's the iconic David, David, David. I don't feel quite right in a turban. Can you please tell the new costume lady who I don't remember her name, Kathy and Jimmy, Tawny. Tawny, that I don't feel quite right in a turban. That is so iconic, so amazing. Freaking love it. Uh, Kathy and Jimmy. I mean, where else can you watch Whoopi Goldberg and Sally Fields work in the same movie? <laughs> and, and, and Carrie Fisher and Robert Downey Jr. and Kevin Klein and um, Elizabeth Shue. Just so many people in that movie. And Kathy Moriarty and Terry Hatcher. Like, uh-huh. that movie is so, so great. But when you get to the end, it's like, ugh, cringe. spoiler warning there's there's a a reveal at the end which is quite problematic Mm, i think we might have to add that to our list because i've been meaning to rewatch that again (sighs) i I love it so much and it just keeps Hmm. coming up every now and then so oh right well we are towards the end of our show and so in a moment we're going to talk about uh, some of our favorite halloween treats because it is that time of year but, uh, yeah, but, but before we do that, can I can I say one more like random thing, which sure. I find very weird? Please do. So um, in the movie, uh, Thackeray Binks is played by, hold on, I need to find the actor's name, is, is Sean Murray. So Sean Murray plays Thackeray Binks. However, all of his lines are dubbed over by uh, Jason Marsden. Jason Marsden, mostly known for doing the singing voice of Aladdin back in the 90s, and then was uh, he was quite popular amongst Disney stuff, doing a lot of singing voices for actors and, and all that stuff. He was eventually like on screen during a few things, but I just found it so weird so that they, because like also the actors don't look that different. I mean, they're kind of teenage white boys who look hmm. like Disney stars. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why didn't you then just cast... Jason Marsden. <laughs> like it was, it's so weird that it's like they dubbed his entire his entire role. Like he was not like the you don't hear that guy's voice at all. Interesting. I wonder I wonder why they did that. Huh. Um well, before and before we do go on to the end, I just quickly I, I thought the kid actors, uh, the, the child actors, the younger actors were Laura Birch. Uh, yeah, they I thought they were all believable. And uh, and good. So uh, I thought they were perfect. Um, so again, rewatching the movie just in kind of preparation for all of this. So Thora Birch was obviously very popular in in the '90s, um, doing tons of stuff, including uh, American Beauty and um, Oh Now and Then, which is another terrible yet amazing film. Um, but uh, pretty much like the 2000s, she kind of was like, Do you know what? I guess I got money. I'm doing a thing. She, I think she was on NCIS or one of those type of shows. So she's like getting a regular paycheck, but she does a lot of independent stuff now. Cause she's just like, I'm cool. I'm just going to do what I want instead of continuing to try to do stuff that is popular. Cool. She's, she's uh, living her life. Excellent. Yeah. 
Excellent. Okay, so we're going to talk about our favorite moments from the film before we uh, have our little moments about Halloween. So this is the moment you shouldn't miss. And uh, well, I guess maybe I will go first. You know, um, aside from the fact that this is actually, you know, taking place in Salem, which, you know, is the beginning of a Halloween story on its own. But the fact that uh, we've got kids who are, you know, finding themselves in a new place, starting over, having to make new friends, this this all just kind of um, uh, appealed to me right from the beginning because I know what it was like to, you know, have to move and start at another school. But I think that the things that I enjoyed the most from the film aren't just you know, specific moments, but like when they, like when Max and Danny were going trick-or-treating and they stop at the, the, uh, the fancy house that looked like it belonged to the rich folks. Well, <laughs> they walk in the door, they're, you know, they're saying to each other, oh my gosh, you know, this is a party for rich folks. It's like, they're probably going to make us, uh, drink cider and bob for apples. <laughs> and then the popular girl that, uh, is Allison there, Max is crush she actually offers them candy apples (laughs) so just playing right into the stereotype Mm -hmm. um i'll just say briefly uh i i I sure i I love the musical number and many many of the other scenes where the the witches are just uh off the hook not so but uh but i really really loved uh, the opening of the movie. I love the credits. I love the book, um, and I love the feel they gave the uh, scenes from the past. Uh, and I thought it had magnificent production values. Uh, they did not skimp on on making that era, you know, seem real. Um, so I really, I really love the beginning sequence of that movie um i i mean musical number definitely uh sarah's song also also a fave um but also these super awkward because you know for most kids they probably don't didn't know who gary marshall and penny marshall were (laughs) um but me being a huge fan of a league of their own because madonna Mm. um I knew who Penny Marshall was and I knew who Gary Marshall was because my parents were huge fans of um, Happy Days and all that stuff and Laverne and Shirley. Um, you know, my mom, that was one of my mom's favorite shows. So when that scene came on, even when I was a kid, I was like, aren't they brother and sister? <laughs> like, it's very like, what is happening with this right now? Like, it was very like, cringe for me um <laughs> but but also but you know just i i love i love a good cameo good times <laughs> and, and i mean and sarah jessica parker's like line readings like when when they hit the cat and she's like excited about like hitting <laughs> the cat on the bus or you know her, you know her iconic amok, 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 or at the very when she's like i'm young boys will love me I mean, I mean, I, I feel that. It's I loved it. I loved it when she ate the spiders. She really oh, loved oh, the spiders. Yes. <laughs> or, or, um, or when they have the the bullies in the cages, and she's like, "I want to play with them." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be wasn't it just the best line when Penny Marshall's like, "Okay, party's over." <laughs> yes. I mean, it's that Penny Marshall. Okay, party's over. <laughs> I love, I love Penny Marshall. <laughs> Oh, so we're going to wrap things up, but um, 
you know, actually, maybe we can make this, uh, you know, a two-part uh, wrap-up. <laughs> it's candy-related, so, you know, wrap. Um, so, let's see. I put a link in the chat room for those of you interested or curious. And there was a study done by some folks uh, on what the most popular candies are in your home state. Uh, maybe I'll also share that in our Facebook group if you're listening to this as uh, as one does after the show. But uh, I do believe here in the Northeast, in the great state of New York, Excelsior, uh, the most popular Halloween candy is the Crunch Bar, which, of course, in earlier days would have been called a Nestle Crunch Bar. But uh, what I like most at Halloween, I think, are the old-fashioned peanut butter kisses. And they're kind of like the taffy that's in the black and fluorescent orange paper. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Those are uh, fillings. Uh, they'll pull your fillings <laughs> out. Yeah. We call those the old people candy. We're like, what's the old people candy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, look, uh, uh, you know, for me, a, a little goes a long way, uh, but uh, I, I, I like the candy corn um, and those candy pumpkins. They all taste the same, whatever the hell it is. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not but, natural uh, or normal. No, nothing at all uh, normal. Uh, but uh, it, it's been, you know, it, 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 as a matter of fact, every, every year at this time of year, you know, I will get a small quantity of candy corn and uh, just sort of, yeah, that's all. It, uh, candy corn. Yep. So I love candy. Like a lot, um, Easter and Halloween are are huge for me. Um, I love Starburst Skittles, um, f- like fruity flavored things. Um, but the so I but also I love all candy. Like I'm not a huge chocolate person. Like mm-hmm. I like candy. Um, but something that always made me laugh um, going trick or treating is that people to this day would still give out like freaking good and plenties. And I'm like, what is this for? And my mom every year was like, <laughs> yes, somebody gave you good and plenties. Cause my mom freaking loves good and plenties. I was like, this is disgusting. They're like candy covered black licorice. Like as if you could make black licorice worse. And it. it's so gross. I just do not care for them. But, um, but yeah, Starburst runs now and laters. Now the little like packs of now and laters that they would give out at Halloween time. I love those. Cause you could suck on them and then chew them up. Um, runts. I love jawbreakers. Um, I just love candy. I don't know if you can tell, but I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, w- I forgot. Hey. I forgot to cue our music. <laughs> we, we have a candy discussion here, so we have to have candy music. <laughs> so maybe as we uh, make our way out to the lobby here, we are about to do a reveal in a moment here, but, uh, you know, it's, it's Halloween. So, um, you know, things that are related to Hocus Pocus that you might enjoy. Uh, and so we're just going to say what, uh, some of our favorite Halloween programs are that we like to watch every year at this time. So, uh, Amanda, would you like to fire off something? So, um, you know, most, most, so most people my age would say things like Halloween town, I did not have cable growing up. So, I mean, for a lot of people around my age, that's a huge thing. I have actually never seen it. But Debbie Reynolds, you know, who doesn't love Debbie Reynolds? But for me, uh, I I have currently finished the first three. I still need to watch number four. But I love the Scream movies. 
Um, they're a perfect blend of horror and camp, in my opinion. Um, Scream 3 is my favorite because Parker Posey just makes everything better. <laughs> um, but I, so, I mean, it's, it's still gory. So, I mean, it's not quite child-friendly like Hocus Pocus is, but highly recommend. I love them. <clears throat> it's great. Um, uh, Aunt Tudor in the chat room said uh, Blow Pops came up first on um, uh, her list. And isn't that funny? DJ just revealed that the most popular candy, uh, Halloween candy in Delaware are Blow Pops. I do love a Blow Pop. There you I go. do. Um, yeah. Where were we? Toppy, yeah. where? Ha- ha- Halloween programming. Oh, oh, oh. Well, for me, uh, nothing can beat uh, the nostalgia and 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 the classic uh, wonderfulness of "It's a Great Pumpkin," Charlie Brown. Uh, at least for TV. Um, um, but uh, the movie uh, that uh, uh, Hocus Pocus made me think of. Uh, the most, especially because of the beginning sequence in Hocus Pocus, uh, it, 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 there's uh, is a, a lovely uh, Johnny Depp movie, uh, Sleepy Hollow. Um, mm. uh, it's very spooky. It's it's quite scary. It has its own odd humor because, well, Johnny Depp and um, Tim Burton. Yes, exactly. So, uh, which, so al- that's, which that's- also, I believe that Doug Jones, who was Billy, um, was was also the headless horseman because he's um, a very, very uh, prolific stuntman uh, and very bendy. Hold on, I'm gonna look that up really quick. Um, Did you say very bendy? Yeah. So he he's <laughs> um, yeah he like um, he does a lot of oh what's his name like the horror director. Uh, like he did um are you thinking of del toro yes del toro so okay. like he he did pan's labyrinth like he's the monsters in pan's labyrinth uh he was the fish guy in hellboy um shape of water yeah. yeah oh i love shape of water well wait a minute isn't this the guy who's in star trek discovery yeah, the one Probably. the same he saw he's the um the yeah, first officer yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. D- Doug Jones. I'm I'm looking to see if that if that was him in um in Sleepy Hollow. He, Doug Jones has gone on the record of saying is that he would love a chance to play Billy in a Hocus Pocus sequel. I mean, I'm here for it. So I'll go ahead and uh, while you're looking that up, mention that some of the things that I like to watch. Every year at this time, uh, they, they've been more recent uh, traditions that I've started. There was a animated short film that was done before I was little. So by the time I was seeing it, it was on HBO years later, probably on VHS. But it was a Canadian production. And come to find out, it stars the voices of Gilda Radner and Catherine O'Hara. And it's a little thing called Witch's Night Out. And it's a cute little short film about these kids whose parents have gone out maybe to a party, Halloween. And they're just kind of in the dumps about Halloween. And there's a witch who's uh, haunting this old mansion and some of the townspeople decide to hold a party there. Well, she takes over the party and starts changing people over. <laughs> but which is night out. And then the other thing I would recommend is uh, something that's thankfully on Disney Plus now. But they were uh, possibly Disney Sunday movies for a few years. 
and they were Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity. And it was all about a family that moves to a New England town uh, for the dad's business. And he uh, he basically has a, um, a novelty shop. He sells sort of gadgets and magic items. Hmm. I mean, I also feel like we would be remiss if we didn't mention Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so no, I guess Doug Jones was not in, um, in Sleepy Hollow, which is interesting. Um, but I mean, if you look at Doug Jones's, uh, resume on IMDb, you're like, oh yes. Like he played like the creepy gentleman on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's been a ton of aliens and creatures and stuff in any sci-fi, whatever television show he's, it's because he's so thin and bendy. Yeah, um, Andy, uh, now I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, he certainly has given uh, his character on Star Trek Discovery, Saru, uh, a unique walk and, well, just everything. The way he stands, yeah. the way he walks, truly uh, kind, kind of amazing. Well, and, and he was also the Silver Surfer in the Fantastic Four movie. Oh. Um, yeah, he's he's... He's like the go-to guy when you want someone who's like creepy alien and he's not afraid of prosthetics or uh, asked how to make up. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to go ahead and uh, make the, our way to the rest out to the lobby here. And uh, part of the uh, history of our beautiful little theater here is, uh, well, in the old days, we had quite a few acts, including a magic act and a magician left a bag of coins here. Toby, can you hand me that bag? Yep, here you go. Okay, so we're going to figure out what's coming down the pike. What's going to be next on Matinee Minutia? All righty, will you hand me that capsule, sir? There you go. All right. All righty, so the next time we're going to get together, because we do this twice a month, it's the first and third Friday of each month, so next time it will be Friday, November, yes, November, we're coming to that month already, Uh, November 6th is a mid to late 90s adventure, kind of like that time of the year, it's a comedy directed by the man who brought us the Saturday Night Live comedy, Tommy Boy. This is two ex-presidents that must conspire to clear their own names from scandal. Starring Jack Lemmon and James Garner in My Fellow Americans. All right, we're going to look forward to that. Demanda, thank you so much. The breadth and breadth of your knowledge uh, is truly impressive i mean you really know your stuff well um i didn't grow up with a lot of friends and i love movies so and comic books (laughs) (laughs) well thank you guys so much like it's always so much fun joining you here and getting to talk about stuff that i that i love that's great awesome and um i'd like you to tell us where people can find you what you've been doing i think i think you have started a podcast 
So, um, so yes. Yeah. So first, you can uh, follow my uh, journey on social media at Demanda Martini, D M A N D A M A R T I N I. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, so yes. So two of my friends and I, uh, they both live in England. We've been friends for about ten years now. We have decided that we are going to be starting a podcast about the fashion of the X Men. Um, mm. So uh, it, it just, you know, things in life just keep getting in the way. We're trying to get it organized, but that's going to be um, coming up soon. So um, I am in a few shows coming up. So uh, this coming Wednesday, I'm going to be in Carmina Vavra's um, uh, regular Wednesday show called Laugh Track. I'm going to be live singing a brand new number. Um, for for everyone, and you can find that show on Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Central Time, uh, and that is on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Carmina Vavra. Um, and then on Saturday, the show that I host, Eleanor's New Deal Cabaret, is doing a spoopy spooktacular um, with uh, a lots of special guests. Uh, we have about, I think, 15 performers, uh, a mix of my usual ensemble of musical theater singers, as well as my con queens, my uh, my nerdy queens, and my new friends from Mixed Quarantine, which was a digital drag competition that I did earlier in the quarantine, uh, mostly DC-based drag queens. Um, so we have a whole huge show uh, for, for you guys on Saturday, and that is on Facebook. So if you have a Facebook, find me on Facebook. You can also find Eleanor's New Deal Cabaret uh, on Facebook, and you can follow and find me there. Again, lots more. Oh, and also I'm going to be in, um, it's called uh, The Drag Queen TV. It's their Halloween show, actually on Halloween night. Oh, fun. <laughs> Oh, well, it was a pleasure to have you among our company here tonight. And, uh, Tommy, if you would do the honors, please say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live the first and third Friday of each month. Go to UnivazPods.net, click the tower for audio, enter discord for chat you can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts tweet us on twitter at matinee minutia join our facebook group visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com have an idea for a future show or just want to message us email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com oliver This has been an Alibug production. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. And I'm going to go ahead.